I will definitely call you back later then. Come on, wrap it up. Big shark and Okay, you know what? Wrap up the circle thing. Come on. Mr. Parker, wrap it up, please. Okay. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's right. Time for us to have a couple of friends here in studio. One is an uh, an old friend. Well, we, we we've been <laughs> we've been friends a little while. Yeah. He's not Long old. time, not yeah, old. Fair Long enough. time. All right, fair enough. Uh, John Peacock. Uh, and a new friend just today, JC. You say it like Lacey with the J. You know, there's yep. so many ways people say it wrong, I'm sure, and I'm probably <laughs> will fall into it. But uh, J.C. Cosentino, she is the president of Sunday's Child and the executive director of the Mountain Film Festival here in Pensacola. And my at, new partner. A new partner? Yeah. At the firm? At the firm. Oh, so a, a, a trifecta. Outstanding. That's right. Uh, well, J.C., nice to meet you and welcome to The Wrap. Thank She's you. part I'm of Edward Jones' here. Peacock Wealth Management team. So. Outstanding. Um, so let's just, let's start with what I think is maybe the obvious thing. Um, Sunday's Child has historically been known as LGBTQ plus activism in the sense of trying to create grants or you know solicit money in order to give grants to organizations that are going to advance those causes. Um, some people who have listened to the show for about five minutes might know that that's not my cause. Uh, I am not. I don't think anybody would describe me as a pro LGBTQ plus. Uh, we can have a long conversation at some point about you know where my views are on that, but. Your mission is not my mission, but I don't mind having people on who see things differently than me. But I hear the mission is a little bit different these days. Is that right? It is correct. Um, I've been president for the last year and a half. I've been on the board for six years. And over the course of um, not just my tenure there, but the other board members who have been a part of it as well, we're really trying to expand the reach in the community to make sure everybody knows it is fully inclusive. We are not just an LGBTQ plus organization. We are an everybody organization. And I think there was a misconception, I don't want to say misconception, when it originally started, that was the focus, mm -hmm. but it truly has evolved, especially over the last five to six years. Um, and it really is my personal mission while I am president to make sure that everybody in the Pensacola, Santa Rosa, and Escambia counties know that we are a fully inclusive organization. Yeah, because the website still kind of looks like the old picture of, you know, seems to, but Correct. what you're saying is that even there's even room for somebody like Andrew McKay, who is a, uh, you know, white, straight, male, cis, traditional, moral, yes. cons uh, conservative Christian. I, there's still a, a place for me too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just great example is yesterday we had our very first grant workshop of the season and we held it at Brightbridge Ministries. They were one of our grant recipients. Okay. Um, our website is currently under construction. It is being totally redone. Okay. It should be done probably by end of spring. It's a big project. We've got 70 pages on our website. It's a lot. So it is a massive project. It started during the summer. Um, and John is actually one of the newest board members as well. Yeah, No. which also came as a somewhat of a surprise <laughs> to me. But I thought, okay, well, that this ought to be interesting. Yeah, from my perspective, Andrew, you know, especially in a community like ours, there's not enough people that can do good things, right? I mean, there's if a group of people, no matter what their persuasions are, their beliefs or whatever, want to do good things in our community, I am all for it. And I want to be a part of that, right? So this organization, they gave away $120,000 last year. So wow. people donated. It's kind of impact esque right? People give $1,000 to be a member. They get together, do grant workshops, all those kind of things, and they vote on the grants, and they give money away to... Last year, six different organizations, $20,000. I'm great. good with that. Okay. I'm good with that. I don't care what you do, who you do, how you do it, what your beliefs are. If you're in a, looking out for the best interests of Escambia County and God knows we need it, 
I am 100% supportive of that. Yeah, because I had, I mean, my picture of uh, Sunday's <clears throat> Child had been essentially that in order to apply, you probably needed to be gay or trans, yeah. and you needed to be advancing gay or trans issues primarily in the work you were doing. But yeah. that's not, at no, least no, not not at now, all. that's not the case. It's certainly so. a focus of JC's, and certainly one of the reasons I got on board to kind of help that cause <clears throat> a little bit. So Okay. Well, good. And um, so let's talk about that's a lot of money to give away. That's great. Yes. The other thing, you are the um, executive director of the Mountain Fest Film Festival. Yes. I'd not heard of this before. What is it? So um, I went to Telluride, Colorado back in 2018, and there was a film festival going on. It had been around 46 years at that point. And these are films that are put together from all over the world. They're about adventure, snow skiing, surfing, you name it. Um, and I was so impacted by it. I went to the Mountain Film headquarters and I said, I would love to bring at least a snapshot of this to the Pensacola communities. Um, so we're about to have our fifth year, March 2nd. It's oh, at nice. Pensacola Little Theater. Um, we typically sell anywhere from two to 300 tickets. Every dollar of the ticket sales goes to local nonprofits. This year it is Healthy Gulf and the Pensacola and Perdido Bay Estuary Programs. Oh, great, great recipients. So. Yes, yeah, they're really gorgeous films. So I mean, action are... films about like outdoor adventure kind of stuff. I yes. assume people come from all over to come to this festival. All and... over. We've met people who have come from Birmingham, um, you know, Mobile, Fairhope, Perdido, um, Destin, surrounding areas. Because a lot cool. of people have heard of Mountain Film Festival. It's been around half a century. Yeah. Um, and these are some of the you know most you know highly regarded directors and producers that put together. Short films. I mean, we showed one film year before last that was a minute long, and our matinee is typically about twenty-five minutes. Okay, all right, which is is good for a short attention span people and yeah, uh, ADHD times yeah, three. <laughs> and my my uh, my uh, participation in that culture right now, the farthest I go is I ride a bicycle and I paddleboard. Um, <laughs> well, we which, had one on cycling bicycling last year. All right, there you um, go. Yes. Well, um, you know, to get to some of the events of the week and sort of talk about those. Uh, the the one that is the most on my heart right now is this HB one that they just had the first hearing yesterday in the state house, and the bill proposes to ban all social media accounts for anybody under the age of sixteen, fifteen and under, no social media, sixteen and seventeen, social media with like a warning label and a bunch of parameters dealing with the identification of trafficking, pornography, criminal and bullying, all that kind of stuff. And then 18 and up, of course, whatever. The only thing that 18 and ups would have to do is we would have to go through an age verification in order to prove that we're not 14. Um, so if it passes, we're all going to have to go through that process. Um, parents have a cause of action against, a, a, a like, for example, if Instagram let a 14-year-old have a social media account, they'd have a cause of action. Um, there's a, The attorney general can get involved at certain points. And I frankly liked the bill when I first saw it. Like the goal, I thought, to take social media out of the hands of children. I thought, that's a pretty big swing. Let's see. I listened to the hearing yesterday, and I'm in love with this bill. Like I, it, It's got all kinds of flaws, but it is so well-intended that, man, let's do something badly instead of doing nothing really well, which is what we're doing right now. What do you think, JC? Um, I am all for limiting the access of social media, and I don't mean to be um, uh, gender biased, but especially to young girls. Yes. Um, I have seen it with friends. I have a son. I have a 15-year-old son who has never even expressed remote interest in social media, so I've never had to worry about that with him. I think he's done two Snapchats in his entire life, mm. but I also have friends that have 
um, girls his age. And I see how it impacts them. I saw it as early as elementary school, fourth, fifth grade girls, middle school. I think it promotes a culture of materialism that you're not ever going to be good enough unless you have what this person has, unless you can travel here, go here. Um, So I don't know about the... completely removing it. I'm not against it, Mm -hmm. but I think at least limiting access, whether that's it shuts off after an hour and a half, 90 minutes a day, but the incessant scrolling Mm -hmm. that teenagers do, I think is damaging long-term and it prevents them from interacting with one another. Um, I've even seen it with, you know, kids in the back of my car, they're texting each other or looking at social media while they're right next to each other. Right. And it's like, get off your phones and, and talk. <laughs> like that becomes um, the de facto setting for them when they're going to interact with a human being. So, uh, John, HB1, the proposal to ban social media for anybody 15 and under, limit in certain ways for 16s and 17s. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with JC. It's a, the, the maturation level of those kids at that age, and it, it, they're growing up way too quick already. And I think that just uh, contributes to that. I mean, we have grandchildren that have way too much access to that. And I think they're seeing way too much way too early. And I just, it, there's nothing good that comes out of that. It's all, it's what, it's what JC said about the materialism, the body image problems, the stupid TikTok dare challenges stuff that get kids to, you know, try to prove that they're cool by doing things that are harmful to them. The disinformation, misinformation, the bullying, the crimes that get, facilitated by it's like and 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 that's all sort of content based i'm also concerned about the impact on cognitive development Mm -hmm. maybe not as much with the 16 year old although the sort of the dopamine stuff and all of that is problematic but for the eight and the 10 year old who are on social media and you know they just had this study come out this week that the um you know young kids screen time is uh, is strongly correlated with um autism-esque brain features and that if you give them more screens, you get more of these kinds of problems. It's to me, it's the thing itself. You know, I don't care if they're on, you know, Christian Twitter. <laughs> you know, yes. it's still on a social media platform. It's still built to give you those feedback loops. It's still creating cognitive problems, even if the content were completely G-rated. That's not even the whole issue. So right. for, for me, like the safe amount of social media for a 14-year-old is zero. And I'm happy somebody's trying to solve this problem. Yeah, um, another you know aspect of that is you hear about cancel culture and the bullying that mm-hmm. being on social media can cause children are committing suicide um, because of it. And there are actual you could look at the statistics for that. But um, I think that they they are not mature or not their brains are not developed enough. It's it has to be at least limited. I, I love the, uh, the the comparison that was made in the hearing yesterday was, you know, we don't let 15-year-olds drink. We don't let 15-year-olds smoke. We don't let 15-year-olds drive. There are, you don't let 15-year-olds go to the casino. There are all kinds of things that we come in. And look, it is an interference with parental rights. I mean, no doubt about it. This is definitely the state saying, you will not give your kids this thing. But... We do that in some cases when the thing is bad enough, and to me, yeah, can, the thing is bad enough. Drive, kids can't drive at 14, right? So we do limit That's access right. to some things. Right. right. Um, and that was the only part of it that gave me pause was, you know, how do I reconcile this with my own strong advocacy for parental rights? And the answer is, well, sometimes the parents need your help in well, saying, if, if get, you really in saying want, no. If, if a parent really wants to show the kid, they can do it on their own device and let the kids sit there. Right. And, you know, so they really, really feel that strongly about it, but I think in general— the concept of what they're trying to do is a great idea. And, and there are going to be workarounds. There's going to be like the black market. for Kids are going to find a way. Sure. I mean, they will. But if it if it solves 70%, Absolutely. if it solves 30%, mm-hmm. that's 30% kids who are going to be better off. 
And I've never met a parent who is who has said, I love that my child is on social media all the time. <laughs> I've never met one. Right. So, I mean, I don't, I can't think of a parent unless their child is, you know, pulling in thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a month because they're an influencer. <laughs> and that came up, yeah. Yes, right. you know, that would be against this in some capacity. It passed with one dissenting vote on the on the committee yesterday. It was like a 10 to 1 vote. And um, even one of the most left of the Democrats in the state house, she voted for it. I mean, it's, you know, I think it's going to go through because everybody recognizes this problem. Law enforcement recognizes it. Um, and I, that, that was particularly interesting. The, um, uh, the sponsor of the bill, he said, I went to a coffee shop and I like to pretend to not be who I am and just ask people their opinion about stuff. And he asked the clerk, what do you think about this bill? Have you seen this bill? Have you heard about this? And she doesn't know who he is. And she says, you know, I only wish it would have been done several years ago so I could have enjoyed my childhood. Wow. Yes. Wow. Which is, I, you know, anyway. Great so comment. Uh, the other one that caught my attention is another uh, marquee bill for the legislature this year is HB3 that would require uh, age verification for content access on websites that are adult you know so you think primarily pornography but it's going to be other things as well and the idea is that you know if you wanted to go into a shop and buy a magazine you'd have to show an id theoretically if you go online you usually have to click a box yes i am but of course that's not verification this would be like what alabama is doing where you have to verify that you're 18 and then they discard that information and then you have access to that from there on i guess um i like it I'm cautiously in favor because here, weirdly, the practical applications seem a little bit more challenging, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. What do you think about this effort? Well, conceptually, I, I, how can you not agree? Right. right. I mean, Ag- agreed. But the, as you said, the practical application, how it's going to happen, where the information is going to go, all that kind of stuff. What are they going to require from you? Some, it, that's going to have to be worked out, but it's hard to argue with the, with conceptually what the idea is supposed to, or is trying to accomplish. Right. And if, again, if you, if parents want their kids to have access to right. something, I mean, a parent could always age verify and let the kid if they wanted to. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that's a great approach, but you know, it is available. I think if it's something that's meant to have an age restriction anyways, sorry, I keep right. getting away from the microphone, um, meant to have an age restriction anyways, I don't, Yes, they should have to prove that that you're supposed to be 18 to view this, participate in this, be a part of this. Then, then yes. Um, again, cautious, right? Like you, I haven't read everything with this. I'm going off just what we we're talking about here today. But if the goal is already in place that they should be 18 or up to participate in some form or fashion, then yes. Yeah, it's it's really more of a mechanism to enforce the principle that we already have embodied in other laws and. Well, why don't we find a way to solve this problem in in, in this area as well? Uh, Eight fifty three here on News Radio ninety two three. It's the wrap. I've got John Peacock and uh, J C Costantino, uh, the president of Sunday's Child, and also the executive director of the Mountain Film Festival, and now co partners, or she is a partner also in Edward Jones Peacock Wealth Management Team. Thank you so much. <laughs> I didn't have that part written down. Um, you live by OLF eight. I do. It's my backyard, and so it's been a fun time for you to drive in the last <laughs> couple of years. I keep hoping that this is going to turn out to be everything that it could be, knowing that everybody is going to find some stuff that they're not happy about, but hopefully every, everybody finds something that they are happy about. And I was just listening to the county commission meeting the other day. and God bless you. <laughs> well, I am an irrepressible optimist. I am. I just am. And I hear Teresa Blackwell, who's very much the sort of the side of the citizens. She's a godsend. She's great. And I hear, you know, Commissioner Bergash, who is more the side of the let's do it for the jobs and the companies yeah. or whatever. I, I, it cracks me up when they say that. Like this, 
raw land is going to create jobs. If that were true, we'd have a boatload of jobs in Iowa, right? There's a whole bunch of raw land out there. Raw land does not create jobs. So I love that argument. Well, Santa Rosa has made it work. Escambia has struggled right. by comparison. Uh, you know, I think location for Santa Rosa has been pristine uh, and they're, you know, uh, Santa Rosa uh, also has somebody directly accountable. Shannon Ogletree is fantastic. Right. Where, yep. where we uh, we outsource that to PEDC or some right. other alphabet soup organization. West, right. sure. Mm-hmm. So, so you, know, you live there, JC. What's yes. your take? I mean, you know, as a as a close by resident and somebody who presumably wants the best for Beulah, what do you think? I've been there 12 years now. Um, Teresa, I absolutely adore her. I love that she's been a voice for all the residents in Beulah. Um, I thought we had had a great compromise and a great plan in place. Um, There still was some pushback with the residents, but we got together. We had meetings. Pretty much everybody agreed this is a great mix. What happened? Right. Where did that go? You know, and then for a minute, Dr. Horton was going to come in and just build it out with a whole bunch of houses. I mean, fortunately, Navy Federal purchased por- a portion of it, and now that's a community center. I actually take my Great Dane there on Saturdays and, and walk them around. And that facility is awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's kind of a glimpse. And if you build something like that, the community will come together. It's hard. It's always packed. There's always people there playing basketball, sitting around on the benches, walking their dogs, socializing. So the mixed-use space would have been absolutely ideal and it would have made everybody happy. And again, it is actually my backyard. Mm-hmm. I walk out on my porch and I feed my horses in the morning and I am looking at OLF8. And it's like, what do I want to see there? Mixed use. Yeah. You know, everybody walk out, everybody's happy. And then it went away. Any and, reasonable and, and, person that's traveled at all realizes that place should be like a town center. It almost should be a northern downtown. Right. Right. If that was a downtown-esque kind of place, companies are attracted to that, right? Every... Every book, every study shows companies want a, a place of a sense of place, right? Not raw land. They want a sense of place, right? There are some jobs like in Santa Rosa County, those warehouse kind of jobs. Is that really what we want here in Escambia County? Probably not, right? We want, we're going to have much more uh, a, a denser population. We want a mixed use place. That should be a downtown-esque kind of place in the north end of the county. And and the commissioners, to their credit, have actually continually said that they want to uh, honor the principles of the master plan, the compromise. Well, some not, of them. But I, and well, but they 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 all say they want to honor it. It's a question of how much tweaking and then what that tweaking winds up being. Uh, but I'm with you. It sort of feels like well, that wasn't going to work. That wasn't going to work. They seemed at some points to be eager to grab the money, and then they didn't. And mm-hmm. it didn't. Okay, so good. Now we've got was it Fred Hammer? I think is yeah. the one that's got the the plan that's sort of on the table, but they're not really taking it up yes. again. And so I like Fred a lot. I think his uh, his intentions are are great. So I, I'd love to see them pursue that. Yeah, I I me too. And I I mean I hope for a future in which I mean I said just open it up for people to play on now because you could fly kites and shoot off rockets and have fun. You know I don't yes. know why it needs to be barbed wire off you know it's not a navy field anymore they but used to have the model airplane right organization, off of nature trail, we, right. Would, we would just hop the fence and go over there and participate and all of that it was wonderful i i agree open it up let people enjoy it right now all you know they're mowing it now and again um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i mean i, I actually guess. thought at one point hey you know let's put some sheep and horses out there and uh you know i don't know yeah. <laughs> more get some tax revenue out there right they're right s- sitting there doing nothing we need to build it out uh, in the town center and start generating some revenue uh let's get a quick break in here jake's got traffic on the fives i'm not seeing any major accidents or slowdowns to report uh have a great weekend this is uh, jake walker with traffic on the five <laughs> thanks so much jake all right so um Last thing for uh, J.C. Cosentino and Cosentino or Cosentino? Did I say Cos- it wrong? Cosentino. Oh, I had it right at the very end. Okay. Uh, and John Peacock. Um, the Baptist property is suddenly, uh-oh, 
<laughs> because Alex Andrade was on the show this morning. He said, we have $8 million, $7 to $8 million we can get for you, but you've got to agree to acquire the property. And DC has been reluctant to do that because he's concerned that there's going to be higher costs involved. Alex understands that, but he can't go to the legislature and say, give me $8 million on a maybe. And DC is like, well, I don't want to commit to the whatever else without the other funding in place. This worries me that this might not happen now or that it's going to be much less money from the state. Yeah, I certainly understand D.C.'s position that the, the demolition costs alone are $16 million bucks, right. 16 16 and a half, something like that. It's a lot of money. So we get eights. we still got a bunch to come up with. And, again, this is just another example of where the city and the county should be working together in unison. Agreed. This is an, this is an incredible piece of property you can use for workforce development or education, whatever it needs to be. I mean, we have a boatload of problems in this community, including health care issues, education issues, all those things you greatly bring up every, every yeah. day on, on, <laughs> right. on the radio. So they should be working together to fix this problem for it's sure. It's almost like, uh, and I had this idea suggested to me, what if the county became the recipient of the property and the city just promised to put in a million or two million? I am sure Lumen would adv- advocate for that, and well, that might help. be a way to get this done. JC and John, thank you. Thank Outstanding you work. You're listening to News Radio 92.3, WNRP Golf Free's Milton, Pensacola.